tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Morning, welcome along to Tip Today. 1800 It's our free phone number. It won't cost you to make a call. Emma is looking after the show today. $1.7 billion. Can you imagine winning $1.7 billion? I mean, where would you start? How would you how would you manage it? You know, who would look after it for you? Um yeah, it's a, just the mind boggles. Anyway. Uh, much more mundane matters uh, coming up on the show today. Uh, more reaction to the budget from our listeners. The story of Lee, another dog being cared for after being abused and being neglected. Our listeners share their opinions on what's been happening in Israel and Palestine. We have farming news with uh, Katrina. Muriel Cuddy from Marito 8020 will be with us talking today about eye health and eye care. We have a taste of this week's Down Your Way programme and I will speak to comedian Al Porter ahead of his appearance at the Source Arts Centre in Thurla. So all of that and much, much more on the way. We have that uh, €100 Euro voucher to give away for Mr. Mister. Their clearance sale kicks off today at Kilcoran Lodge Hotel and runs right through until Sunday. And you have an opportunity there to pick up all sorts of bargains on blazers and jackets and coats and jeans and knitwear and shirts, polos, t-shirts, all sorts of stuff there for sale uh, at uh, great prices over the next uh, few days. So €100 Euro voucher to give away for that. It's based on your interaction with us by text and WhatsApp. And if you put Mr. Mister at the end of your contribution, we will pop you in the draw. It's as simple as that. Um, 83 for your text and WhatsApp. Let's have a look at what's making headlines in your newspapers uh, today. The Irish Daily Mail. Uh, budget blow to fighting cancer is their headline. And uh, they're telling us that cancer patients are set to suffer due to the health budget shortfall with no funding available for new drugs or advances in patient care next year. Uh, needless to say, across the newspapers today, um, the awful tragedy um, surrounding that uh, young woman, Kim Damti, uh, missing Irish-Israeli woman, has died, in fact, after the Hamas uh, attack. And that's according to her family, the Irish Times. And the front page is dominated by a, a picture from Gaza, and it's apocalyptic. I mean, it's like it's like the set on a movie after I don't know a world-ending event or something. It just it just beggars belief. It really does. Um, the lead story telling us that Israel has formed an emergency war cabinet and a unity government as it tightens its siege of the Gaza Strip in advance of a, an expected ground offensive. And the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, struck the deal yesterday with uh, the head of the centre-right opposition, National Unity Party, in the wake of Saturday's deadly attack by Hamas. Also on the Irish Times uh, today... It's an interesting story indeed. An internal guard review is underway to determine how a significant breach of security occurred at the Department of the Taoiseach on the day of the budget, would you believe? An intruder seemingly gained access to the premises uh, despite the tight security restrictions at the Oireachtas on Tuesday. Amazing that, isn't it? Um, The Irish Examiner 
and uh, their main story um, is about RTE because RTE will have to take drastic uh, cost-cutting measures as it faces a shortfall of more than $61 million in TV licence uh, fee revenue. And the Media Minister, uh, Catherine Martin, has revealed the government is only willing to pay $40 million of this shortfall, meaning the state broadcaster will have to find $21 million in cost-saving measures in other places. Also on the examiner today, um, Tina Satchwell's home in Yall uh, will remain a crime scene this week uh, with forensic searches and uh, further site excavations planned as part of an investigation into her murder. A man in his 50s arrested on suspicion of murder was released without charge at 5pm yesterday. And finally... Uh, a look at uh, the Independent, and again, it's an RTE story. The crisis hit RTE is now facing a 95 million euro black hole in its finances. And um, the Independent, dominated by a picture, beautiful picture indeed, a beautiful young woman, uh, that's Kim Damty, 22. She has been confirmed dead following that attack in Israel. And in a statement online, her sister Laura said, with great sorrow, I announced the killing of our angel, our flower. And the picture is of a beautiful young woman, life ahead of her, uh, looking smiley and happy and great fun and all of that. And what a tragedy that is. And all of the other loss of life there in Israel and indeed in Palestine as well. 1800 if you want to make a comment on any of those uh, headlines. Now, we've been discussing uh, the budget uh, on the programme, of course, yesterday. Many of you have been interacting with us and sharing your opinions. And Mary joins me now. Good morning to you, Mary. Good morning, friend. And it, it's good to talk to you today, Mary. What are you making of what what you've been hearing? You, you're homing in on health, I suppose, Mary, are you? Well, I am really, yeah, because they don't seem to be doing... Um, well, I know, I suppose, they, look, they are they're doing their best, but like, we're, I think we're listening to the same story. The same hour, the same hour. Now, I'm just going to start with, like, you know, the trolley numbers. Mm. Like, every time we hear about um, <clears throat> people that are on trolleys, like, the numbers seem to be, well, I suppose, high enough. And, um, you know, it, it, it's horrible. It must be terrible for people, you know, that are on the trolley for all these, for all these hours, what they're going through. And then um, I'll just say about you know, people that are waiting for uh, procedures, um, operations and all that, etc. Um, you know, it's, it's ongoing all the time and what are they doing about it? You know? Yeah, well, it seems that they throw huge sums of money at it every time. And, you know, yesterday again we heard about 500 million to tackle the waiting list, Mary. And, you know, they're talking about recruiting new staff. But, I mean, where are they going to get the staff? All the nurses and doctors appear to be leaving this country. Yeah, so, this, yeah. yeah I was listening to that yesterday. I heard somebody saying that some of our families are just, you know, the rest are emigrating someplace. That's, that's they're, right, yeah. They're gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, look, it's hard to know, friend. Like, where is it all going to end? Yeah, 22.5 billion euro of a health budget. I mean, that's that's <laughs> eye-watering stuff, isn't it? It is, yeah. But where yeah. is it? Yeah. And you know? do, you, do you think there should be more transparency, Mary, in the spend on health and where, where it's going and maybe to... It should, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it should. Mm. Yeah, it should. Yeah, it should. It doesn't like we're not saying that, but what the amount that they're putting in, like, we're really not seeing it. 
people haven't seen it at all. Have you experience of the health service yourself, Mary? Well, I haven't, thank God, so far. Mm. No, I mm. haven't had any experience, man. And that's um, that's interesting, Mary, but do you have... Fe- I mean, when you hear about the chaos, particularly, yeah. I suppose, in Limerick, um, yeah, would you have fears yeah. about needing the services? Well, you would. You always would, yes. Yeah. Mm. Because, like, you never know from one day to the next. Yeah. You know, what's going to happen uh, like that. But, um, no, it's just listening, you know, listening to all the stories. And, like, you do have people on in your show mm. almost... <laughs> You know that you know you you fear you know and you feel sorry for people and it's just you know. And I, I I'm going to be completely honest with you, Mary. We we could fill the show every day with yeah. people's experiences of the health service. You know. And yeah, yeah. I'm sure you could. Friend. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And yeah. and it wouldn't be pretty. Uh, what have you? Loads of money in your pocket? Do you think, Mary? After the budget, will you? <laughs> You won't, know, you won't know what to do with it, I suppose, do you? I don't, I won't, I won't, no. No, it wasn't, no, it wasn't, well, I didn't gain now really much from it, friends, to be honest with you. Did you not, no? No, I didn't, yeah. I mean, no. like, things going up and, look, the diesel has gone up again and petrol, so. Yeah, yeah, and that's, yeah. A, that's a carbon tax, of course. Uh, oh, of course, yeah, the carbon, this, yeah, this carbon tax isn't that coming in then next year well well, the carbon tax happened pretty much immediately it oh, went up uh, yeah but there's something else coming in isn't there? well they were supposed to put on that excise um, oh, uh, amount a, a, yeah, again yeah. but they decided oh. against it but look next year you can be sure they're going to look at that yeah. uh, who knows again. Yeah. so you won't who be knows? jetting off to a, a luxurious holiday somewhere or anything no, like that based no, on what I you won't. <laughs> no I won't no I won't on the budget definitely not <laughs> All right, Mary. Lovely to talk to you today, Mary. And stay, stay healthy. Yes, Mary. Yes. Sorry to cut across. Not at all. Can Not I, at all. Um, yes. can I, I just want to give a quick mention uh, to the Sarsfields for the match on Sunday. They're playing um, Kildangan. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, two nephews on the team. They're two brothers. Oh, fantastic. So, and what, what are their names, Mary? Uh, Owen and Michael Parcel. Very good. And I just want to wish them all the best. Well, we, we wish them all the best too, Mary. Lovely to talk to you today. Thank stay you, stay healthy, Mary. Thank you and bye-bye you to you now. Thank you very much, Fran. Thanks bye-bye. for having me. Thanks. Bye-bye. You, you're welcome, Mary. Bye-bye to you. Let's go to, to Kat now. Good morning to you, Kat. How are you? Hi, Fran. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Is it the mortgage um, relief that, that you're homing in on, Kat? Oh, well, I'm not even sure how it's going to work for us. I thought it would be better. But, like, yeah, my mortgage has gone up massively since last year. Yes. Getting letters in nearly every two months. I can nearly wallpaper my house at this stage with these letters. We see them coming in and we're like shuddering. How many, yeah, increases, have you, how many increases have you had, Kat? I don't know. I see, I see around 10, I'd say. Yeah, around, yeah, I think it's around it 10. Seems it seems like 10 anyway. But it's definitely gone up. It's, I'd say it's gone up around 300. And that, 350 And that year. one year mortgage interest relief for homeowners with outstanding mortgage balance of between 80,000 80, and 500,000 uh, from December 31st, has that, will that help you in any way? I, I'm actually not sure. See, I, have to, I have to wait and see. I'd say it won't be much off anyway. Mm. See, we're on the track of variable and my husband wanted to go on fixed. I don't know, something to stop and we've been going on fixed because I think he'd be tracked into it. And I think it's going to go down and I'm hoping it will. Mm. But... Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I have to wait and see what way it's going to work because that was my main. Con- that was that was what I was waiting for and seeing would they 
it doesn't sound like they're going to do it's going to be much to be honest I'd say an extra 30, 40 euro I'd say a month I'd say if we're lucky it's not going to make the difference of what, what we lost you know yeah, it it seems that, uh, I'm just reading it here and I'm trying to get my head around it, relief will be available on the increased interest paid on the mortgage in the calendar year of 23 as compared with the amount paid in 22 at the standard rate of 20% income tax. So seemingly the relief will be capped at about €1,200 Euro or so per property. So you're right, it's not going to sort of make a huge difference. It's not difference going to be either. great. It's not going to be great. And like, is it going to keep going up and up and up? Like I've emailed a few um, of the TDs now and they've mm. sh- they've said that this is the last increase, the last one that's just that's coming in. Mm. But yeah, like, can you trust them? That's the problem, like, you know. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you know, global affairs and global events all affect these things as we know well. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm not sure how TDs can guarantee you anything. I do, yeah, I don't know. it, But they were like, he said, turned around and said, yeah, this is going to be the last. We're talking. We're we're, deal, we're talking to the ministers and all that. So mm. I'm not sure. I don't know what way it's going to work either. Like you know, but at least the childcare is 25 percent of an increase or of a decrease, which is great. Right, but that's so not kicking in until next next, next September. Is it not the summer? I thought it was January. I, I think. It, are you, are you talking about where the creches are concerned? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it, is it, I think oh. that's next uh, September. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, because I just I've, I've just burst your percent. bubble now, Kat, haven't oh, I? Oh, you have, you have, because that was the one thing I was thinking, fantastic, fantastic. Oh, yeah. right, okay, I have to, yeah, that, like, yeah, but at least I suppose when that comes in, at least it'll be, at least it will help some bit. And that, you know, because I've got two small kids, like, and, you know, but they're probably, like, one is nine, he'll be ten now in the summer, and the other fellow will be eight. But right. they'll still need it for another while, like, you know. Well, of course you will. And is that a huge cost to, to you, Kat? Well, it is. Um, well, I have them in. Well, if they're in after school, so mm. they're in one of the in morning club, and one is in after, and two of them are in after school. Yes. And then I, I have them, I have them at home then with me on the Thursday and the Friday. Right. But it is. It, like it'll make. Well, like it'll be an extra twenty thirty euro, I'd say, a week. Right. Which, um, of which the is, decrease. Which is not 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 to be sneezed at. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, like, look, it all it all adds up, like, and and that's what I'm hoping, and especially as as well with the with the fuel costs as well, the, the extra four hundred and fifty. Yes. So that will help as well a bit. But yeah, of course, some I just think that. Yeah, do go on, Kat. I beg your pardon. Yes. I just think the cost of living has gone so high now that it's it. I don't know, like you know, it sounds great in theory, like getting all this extra money, but sure, it's only going to, you know, it's. Just for a level of that, you know, it's not anything extra really because everything is so expensive at the moment. Of course it is. And a lot yeah. of these interventions as well, they're they're one off interventions, yeah. you know. So you and uh, do you mind my asking you a little more about being uncertain about what your mortgage is going to cost you? Because thankfully at this point, uh, but I, I'm of an age now where my mortgage thankfully is paid. But what is it like living from month to month, not knowing really what you're going to be paying? Oh, it's just like, yeah, so what's called it it's yeah it's just like you know it's kind of it's like at the moment it's the same thing it'll 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 go up we'll get the letter and it'll go up um yeah it, it's it's not that kind of going if, if it goes up to 1500 or 2000 like will it keep going up and up and up that's my fear but then i'm thinking if we fix it um because i had rang the banks about and they said that they want everyone the banks said that they want people off the track of variable of course they do and yeah. um i said if 
if we went fix, what way would it, does it work? And they said, well, you can't get back on track of variable if you go fixed, mm. after you go fixed. But the fix is such a high I rate know. at the moment. Yes. And it would be Murphy's Law, because Murphy's Law is a big thing in our house. As <laughs> soon as we fix it, I can guarantee you, it'll start dropping and dropping and dropping. And that's why my husband said, will we fix it? Will we go on the variable? And I said, I just have a feeling, I just have a gut feeling that it's going to go down. You know, it has to go down. Of course, and... Still, I can see the point about fixing it because at least you can budget then and you at, know. At least you know. But yeah. I'm just going to um, just hope and pray that um, I have a friend in work now and she follows it religiously and she is saying that she thinks as well that it's one of, going to be the, one of the last. That's what they're saying. Yes. That's what they're saying. This could be the last hike. I'm hoping, like, you know, with so many letters. My husband has all the letters, like, and it's like, oh... Um, your, your your mortgage is going up by this. Your mortgage is going up by this. The amount of letters. He sees the letter coming in the door and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm just afraid to open it out this stage. And just could you tell me like. roughly over those 10 increases, roughly, what sort of money are we talking about here in terms of additional oh, money? 300, 350, 350 extra. A month? A month we're paying. There's a lot of finding in 350 euro extra yeah. a month. It is like, you know, and especially like if that was the only increase. But then you're looking at, you know, like you, you do your food shop. Now, we have two kids, and they are always hungry. They would eat all day long if you could, and trying to keep them fed. Like like this, um, like I know Dunn's have the, the money off vouchers, but, like, there's a lot of stuff, like, with um, with the cost, with it, with little. Little has gone up crazy. Prices, mm. double prices, I, I've noticed. And, you know, it's just even a food shop cost a fortune. You know, and even... Going out for it, like you know, even if you have like you know, have a glass of wine on a Saturday yeah, night, yeah, that's all gone up. You know, like people, people who smoke now, I don't smoke, thank God, my God, the shocking prices of the cigarettes. It's like everything that you know, little pleasurable things that people have, it's, it's all gone up. Like it's just the only thing that's coming down in Ireland is the rain. <laughs> and and God yeah. knows it's doing that constantly. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, it's, 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 I know it's not good news for you, but Ali just confirmed with me there that, uh, yeah, it's next uh, September. Roderick O'Gorman oh. made that uh, announcement there, okay. so you, you'll have to wait till next September for, oh, for, for, for that. Is, September is it amazing when it comes to, like, the carbon tax that we're able to introduce it pretty much straight <laughs> away? Straight away. My husband now went out and he said oh, he topped up 150 euro diesel or 120 yeah. euro straight away. Oh, yeah, and, and cigarettes. When they put, they're putting up that prices, they're well able to. Um, yeah, they're yeah. well able to um, put them up straight away, and then it's just like the hot meals. I'm hoping that will help as well. Um, I think it's 900 schools or 800. That's right. Schools. Outside of the desh schools, they're going to put it outside into all the of schools desh. Now. Well, yeah. and it's not even about the. It's about the trying to make the lunches in the morning. My God, it's just oh yeah. Even if we had two, two one less lunch to make, it'd be great. Like I'm hoping my kids' yeah. schools will be part of that now. Like, but. It's even for the convenience of that, but even yeah, it's just, it's just yeah, it's just like they're quick to they're quick to take it away, but they're slow, very slow, giving it like you know. And the child allowance uh, increase does that double? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'll be yeah. So that'll 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 help anyway. Thank God, like you know, mm. but that's only one shot payment, like mm. you know. So, and yeah. that's the thing, like and two growing boys that are constantly eating and constantly looking for. You know, just, you know, you have to keep, you know, shoes and it costs a fortune, like, to keep them, you know. And then they're, 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 uh, the one, they're two of them are in beavers and cubs and, like, you know, they all cost money and then they cost money for the sport and 
you know, I think Christmas is coming up and all that, like, you know, it's all expense, expense. It is indeed, yeah. It, it's, I have to win the lotto, friend, and then I'll to. be happy. Yeah, what did you think of that this morning? Somebody won $1.7 billion. Can you imagine? Oh, that'd be a bit too much now, like, what you know, that? but <laughs> a bit too much now because you have every every person, Tom, Dick and oh, Harry, sure that know, you haven't yeah. spoken to, yeah. that have fallen out with you for years <laughs> and they're coming back and they're your BFF. No, I wouldn't like that now. But no, a nice little million now would do me nicely. Like, a, little, you know, a little million now would, would do A little yeah. million would be grand. Like, yeah. be grand. like pay off the mortgage and then there'll be one less thing I'd have to worry about. Like, you know. <laughs> that's so, great. Oh, that's will the, the free school books, will that, will that be a help? Oh, and you know what? That was great yeah. because for the, first of all, for the price of them, but second of all, for the convenience of it, it's the hassle of trying to get them and they're not there and you have to go and order them. And yeah, no, that was great. So we've been lucky. We've been lucky with that now. Yeah. So all we had to buy now was, we had to buy the stationery. Mm. That was it for the two boys and like folders and things like is, that. Is that and expensive now, Cash? Because it's years since I was involved in um, this. Yeah, they had a lot of stuff from last year. So yeah. it was grand. Like, um, so yeah, so they had, what had they, they like, um, they, like you know, just the sharpies and you know things like that, mm, sharpies mm. or whatever you call them, and the the markers and the pencil case. So they had a lot of stuff. It's just a, the the A four, the A five, the A three. Um, but the copy books and all that were free, mm. so it was great. So I had to buy very little from. So which was which was which was great, and that is a big help. Yes. that's a big help. Like you know. So, Do you know who I feel uh, sorry for are the parents who had to buy the iPads and the laptops um, instead of books, and then the announcement is that the books are going to be free. And oh Lord, oh God, yeah, I know, and that's the thing. You know, crazy. Like and prices of them alone, like would cost a fortune. And trying to keep them maintained, then like you know, so mm. it's um, it's it's just um. It's it just um, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy, and you know, and uniforms and all that. It's just absolutely madness. Like yeah, the prices of things. As as I say, my lads are grown up now, so I I, I don't have that anymore. But uh, September? Do you dread September? Um. Well, this year wasn't too bad now because mm. my two boys are going to two different schools, so right. it's um. Yeah, it's just yeah. There was too much to buy. It, I say we spent. I say forty euro. Mm. With the two, with the two lots of things, with the you know, with the with the um, the prick sticks and the and the highlighters and things like that. Yes, we yeah. brought forty euro between the two of them, and I I order stuff online as well, with you know, with the things that you get cheap, like cheaper than you get them in Ireland, like Timo and Sheen yeah. and all them. So yeah. it was great. But yeah, I say that. But the uniforms, yeah. Well, my other my my second fellow was going into a different school, so he had to we had to buy the full uniform for him. Mm. And that's only for the year. And then um, my oldest fella, Jack, he had his uniform from last year. So it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. But normally, like, yeah, if you have to buy all the uniforms, you have to buy all the books. It's a lot, it's, of, it's, it's a lot of expense and a lot of... Um, it's a lot of money as well. And, and again, I'm trying to think back to those years, but it was all the extra bits of money for the school trips or for this and that that was oh, happening in the school. That's, and, you know. that's the thing, like, and it's, you know, it's the... Mm three or here and it's like I know three or doesn't it's very little but yeah. then you have to you have all these um you know like um you know there's a lot of stuff like yeah, yeah. like the school trips but they've only one school trip but the school trips that were reasonable enough now last year I think Jack's one was thirty euro which oh was which God. was grand. That's, that's, yeah, which was fine yeah. and they had a full full day and then he went to Dublin Zoo the year before I think and it was only thirty five for the uh, train and 
he brought his own nuds. So that's that's and decent enough. Do. do you have that voluntary that's contribution thing? Is that is that active um, in your schools? Well, we had to pay. Um, what do we have to? I think I had to pay. Had I had I to pay um, eighty or or something? I was the country. They just asked us for the money. I think it was include insurance and all that. Right. It wasn't. It was a set amount. They asked us for the set amount. Okay. We didn't. Okay. We didn't volunteer what we could. You know, it wasn't anything like that. Now we didn't have anything like that. Mm, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it was eighty. I think it was eighty or we had to pay or seventy-five or something like that to the school. But it, it, for you, it's down to mortgage and childcare, really, isn't it, Cat? Mortgage and childcare is yeah. what. Um, while I was watching, especially for the mortgage, that's what I was watching. Watching out for the childcare, as you say, if it's September. I'll have another while to wait, like, you know. Yeah, with the, with the like, the USD and all that, that's not going to make much of a difference. Mm. You know, mm. it's going from 4.5 down to 4. Yeah. Yeah, a few extra euro. But you're like, that's all gone on, you know. Thank God I cycle to work. So I don't have any fuel costs or anything, and I'm, I live quite close to my job, so it's just great, like, you know. But my husband now, like, he's, he's only down the road where he's working and he drives down because uh, he's dropped the kids off. Yeah, of course. Like yeah. He's running through diesel like there's no tomorrow. He said, I only use it for short trips. You know, he only goes down a small bit of the way, drops the kids off and then I bring them then. But like he's, um, yeah, he, he, he drives, he drives, or he might drive into town. He hasn't driven much in, in a while and he's spending, he's spending a fortune on diesel, you know. Yeah, it's incredible. So, I, I, I really know that I do a lot of driving between gigs and coming to work every morning as well and you know I noticed a huge difference in that cat you know in the last yeah. even few weeks uh, Kat lovely to talk to you today lovely to talk to you friend I hope all continues to be good for you and thanks thanks for coming on with us Kat. and if I win if I win the lotto I, I, I'll come on and I but I'll have to use a different name and a different voice <laughs> well you can send me in a nice bottle of wine now. that's that's what I'd I like, will Kat. I will if you drink that? red or white oh red please red oh red red, red. oh I, we know we know a nice few reds I look after you <laughs> Don't you worry. I'm if looking you, forward you, to if it. You get the, if you get the red wine now, you know it's I me. know, I know. Kat has won the millions. I know. She's All won right. the million, yeah. My best yeah. to you and your family, Kat. Thank you. Thank All you. right, thanks a million, friend. Appreciate bye bye it. You. Bye, 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 bye. Tom was on to us uh, from Horse and Jockey, and he says the most uh, important issue that needs to be addressed is curbing inflation, as no matter how many interventions, especially one-offs, um, everybody will end up facing the reality of massive bills eventually without any supports as it's not sustainable in the long term. And uh, thanks for that, Tom. Of course, a lot of the uh, financial institutions uh, were uh, very vocal about that, about putting money into an economy. Even if people needed you, you could be seen to be stoking inflation in uh, in some way. Um, 1800 Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Patricia says, I've been out sick for four weeks now, Fran. I'm living on €220 a week and I'm paying a mortgage with no help for me whatsoever. Well, Patricia, I'm sorry to hear that and I I wish you well uh, where your health is concerned, but it must be extremely difficult to be living on that and uh, paying a mortgage as well. Uh, When I was speaking to I'm not sure it was a cat I was speaking to when I mentioned that that my lads are sort of grown up uh, now, but Liam was on to say Fran, Fran, now that's when they get really expensive, the car driving lessons, the car, and then Daddy has to pay the insurance. No, Fran, 
when they vacate at the nest, it gets easier. No, no, no. Then you have the grandchildren. You have to buy little Tommy the toy tractor. Five children, Fran. Trust me, it never ends, says Liam on 083-311-3311. We have that €100 euro voucher uh, to give away for Mr. Mr. Clearance Sale. It's starting today at Kilcoran Lodge Hotel. All sorts of uh, bargains. Uh, there we have the uh, voucher to give away based on your interaction with us by text and WhatsApp. And uh, if you are corresponding with us, just put Mr. Mr. at the end of your contribution and we'll pop you in to the draw. Now, community activist Tommy Barrett spoke to us uh, the other day about the ongoing traffic congestion in Thurlistown. Jim was in touch and uh, joins me now. Good morning to you, Jim. Friend, how are you doing? Uh, very well, Jim. T- tell me about your road. You-, you describe it as being like a racetrack at times. Uh, at t- yes, friend, at times. Mm. Um, now, a lot of the drivers, they drive the way they should. Yeah. But there's an attitude at times with some of the drivers and the speed up and down the road here or something else. Is that in third Jim? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stradivores. Stradivore, oh, yeah. 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 Now, maybe there are more roads around, streets around or like that, I don't know. But we did look to try and get... Um, speed bumps, and we were told that it was a no-no because of emergency services. Right, for the and ambulances there were no, the like, yeah, yeah, there were no speed bumps being put in anywhere anymore, yeah. So but, but, I don't know where that's that... Not, that's not true, Jim. Sure, we see speed bumps being put into all sorts of places. Yeah, you know? yeah. Right. That's what I can't understand. And is it because and, uh, you're near the hospital there? Um, is that is that part no, of it? No, no, no. No. No, right. No, I don't know. I don't know. This. I don't know. I can't. I can't understand it. Right. And um, and then you see that, that's one part of the issue. But down, if you go down to town and go to sunny day and just stand there and watch, like that lady the other day, the other day mentioned about um, people on phones. Yes. And and that was on Tuesday. Mm. And and stand in the square and observe and see how many people are on phones driving. And and um, they just I don't know. And I mean, that shouldn't happen in relation. Look at today with the availability of hands-free, and or, it, it's not overly expensive. Yeah, sure. I, I was telling you know, you, I was telling listeners about it. I saw a guy in a brand-new Porsche, and I only took notice because I love cars, and this thing was just gorgeous. But there he was, in a high-tech vehicle, uh, with, with the phone up to his ear. Just, yeah. Like, what is that about, you know? What, that's exactly. What's it about? I mean, there are, there are two stores in every town now, almost, and you have every now and again to have hands-free at very reasonable price. So yeah. why people... I, I can't understand why they don't get them. I just can't understand that. What were you saying about young women, uh, Jim? At, oh, at, driving, at, the, at, the yes, of, yes. at the risk of starting a row. Um, <laughs> what, what are you now, saying? Now, uh, yes, uh, look, at a lot of young women, some of them with kids in the car on, on the mobile phones. Now, if you get in behind a woman driver on a country road, a good woman driver does nothing like it. Okay. They'd be absolutely brilliant. But you watch, say in the evening time when work finishes, and maybe they're ringing ahead to baby minders, childcare, I don't know, or early in the morning. And again, the same thing. You'll see some of them on the phones. That's that's absolutely not on. Right, with children in, in the car. And you, you would see this, yeah. Jim, you're telling me, on a regular basis, would you? Well, if you go down to town and stand in the square, I go for a walk early in the morning then. And watch it, you can see it, yeah, or in the evening time. What, and again, no need for that. What what needs to happen, uh, Jim? I mean, are we talking I about policing know, and, uh, you know, what, what are we talking about here? 
I, I just don't know. The, the, the entire attitude in relation to driving. And again, if you're, you, 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 I, I think you mentioned this already at one stage. Driving behind somebody <clears throat> and they come up to a junction and they turn and then they're in the car. Mm, I know. It maddens what's, what's the hell out of me. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Or, or did they ever learn to drive properly or what's the story? Mm. I think they're daydreaming. Has it disimproved considerably in the last couple of years, do you think, Jim? Well, some people have brought it to my attention that it's since COVID. Yeah, so a lot of people are saying that. Yeah. Yes, it should completely. Now, there are some brilliant drivers out there, very careful drivers in the Mm. sense that if you want to cross the street and it's not near a pedestrian crossing, and they'll read this sign and they'll slow down and let you cross. Absolutely brilliant. And at some junctions. Mm. But there are more people and they just cut off the road. It's an attitude. And and I think you agree with me about the early mornings because I, I see yeah. insanity happening in the early mornings. And why why don't they get up a few minutes earlier? Do you, th- do you and, think and, it's and, as simple as that? They're late. And it's they're as simple rushing. as getting up a little bit earlier and going time. Now I know there's a traffic problem in Torres always. Mm. Even this morning there, the streets were backed up in every direction because of people going to school. But imagine people trying to get through the town to go to work. And and um, yeah. there's no way around. You have to go through the middle. So maybe they're racing to try and get in before the, the, the jams and the blockages. Well, we, we heard because from a, a woman during the week. I'm not sure it was a, during this week or last week. But she, she was telling me she had to abandon her car in Thurles and walk her child to the Ursline because she, she would have been too long in the traffic yeah. congestion. Yeah. That's not a surprise seen, to you, Jim, yeah. no. I've seen, no, I've seen people up Mitchell Street when I come down that way on a walk and people get out of the car and the kids walk down to school. It's just a tail back in every direction. Yeah. You see, Fran, back in, I think it was 68 or 69 maybe, when they extended their footpath out over the bridge in Thurles here. Yes. They took away the wall, stone wall. And a friend and I happened to be going over the bridge. We are going shooting on one day and a guard stopped us. And when he stopped us, I noticed that there was three or two or three guys with uh, theodolite on the on the on the footpath. And I mentioned to the guy, "What are they doing?" I said, "You know, like because the bridge had been done up, the footpaths extended, etc." Yeah. And he said, "They're trying to figure out where to put the second um, bridge in Thurles to alleviate the traffic problem." And when was that again, Jim? I thought, the latest year that the footpaths were done, probably the late 60s, 69. So, so as far back as that? Well, yeah. yeah. And then some years ago, they brought down students from Dublin and they put them on every street in Torres, in and out of the square, and they had them counting the traffic. And they deemed it unnecessary for a ring road in Torres. Wow. wow. You know what I mean? Where's the logic in that? It's, that's all theory. Practice is another thing, though, isn't it? Jim, you're getting me into awful trouble here. I'm looking at the screen in front of me here and it's lit up with people saying, Jim, Jim, it's both men and women that speak on the phone when oh, driving, absolutely. not just Fran, women. I didn't get to that part yet. Fran, <laughs> I didn't get to that part yet. All right. <laughs> some young fellas, some young fellas, um, a lot of young fellas, but fellas in vans. Yeah. Watch fellas in vans. Fellas in vans? No, with, on the phone, yeah. Right. Notorious. Del- delivery guys. Yeah, and, and the, yeah like, maybe, I don't know. But they're guys in vans, not just delivery vans, but guys in vans. Whether they're going collecting people or 
going to air places or what, I don't know. But fine, I'm just telling you what I see. Yeah, I, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. And yeah. It's out there for everybody to see. You know what I mean? Another listener says, Jim, oh my God, you poor creditor, you mentioned the big no-no, how women are driving. Um, <laughs> you could be sleeping tonight on your own, it says here. Women drivers, no way, says Jim. So there, so there you go. And uh, somebody no, else... No, no, like I said, you get behind a good woman driver. Yes, you did. You I qualified mean, it all. Oh, yeah, thing. absolutely. But, and I, I said that for years, Fran. Yeah, but somebody else was saying, uh, Fran, I was nearly run over by a woman driving and looking in the mirror, putting on her lipstick. So somebody... You no, re- Fran, oh, you started. You've stirred it. I've seen that too, yes. friend. Have you, though? <laughs> no, Have I you? didn't mention that, but I've seen that, yeah. <laughs> I suppose, indeed. All right, Jim, really good to talk to you. Safe driving to you, and thanks for coming uh, on like, with me. Likewise, Thank friend. You. Thank nice. you. Bye-bye, Thank you. Bye-bye. That's uh, Jim speaking to us there. We'll take a break. Back in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Tributes are being paid to the Irish-Israeli woman, uh, Kim Damty, who was killed during the Hamas attack at a music festival in Israel on Saturday. Her family, who are based in County Leash, confirmed last night that the 22-year-old who had been unaccounted for, had died in the assault. Now, the Taoiseachs uh, described her death as senseless and barbaric, with the tarnished Jimmy Hall Martin saying that he spoke with Kim's family last night and passed on condolences from uh, the people of Ireland. Well, Andrew uh, brought to our attention earlier on this morning an interview online from an Irishman, Thomas Hand, who spoke about the death of his eight-year-old daughter, who again was killed by Hamas uh, during a sleepover at a friend's house in Israel. Now, Can I warn you, this makes for harrowing uh, listening. Um, Have a listen. They just said, we found Emily. Uh, She's dead. And I went, yes! I went, yes! And smiled. Because that is the best news of the possibilities that I knew. That was the best possibility that I was hoping for. She was either dead or in Gaza. And if you know anything about what they do to people in Gaza, that is worse than death. That is worse than death. The way they treat you, they'd have no food, they'd have no water. She'd be in a dark room filled with Christ knows how many people and terrified every minute, hour, day, and possible years to come. So death was a blessing, an absolute blessing. That's uh, Thomas Hand uh, there speaking about his eight-year-old daughter, Emily, who was killed in that attack. Pat joins me online. Good morning to you, Pat. Good morning, Fran. How are you? What do you make of the... Escalating conflict, uh, Pat, uh, in uh, Israel and Palestine. What, what, what are you making of this? Oh, it is, it is it's an atrocious uh, thing again when you think about uh, everybody's talking about the earthquake in Azerbaijan and the amount of people that were killed and they are, and all of a sudden then Hamas decides to invade Israel and provoke Israel into a war and, and which is going to end up at the end of the day of thousands and thousands of people being killed. Um, I can understand um, the Palestinian uh, position because like, the, the wars, the, 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 the plight of the Palestinians is going back to about 1947 mm. 
yeah. uh, when you think of it. Uh, 1917, there was no Israel, Israel, Israel country. Yes, all after the Second World War, the formation of Israel. Yeah, yeah, the formation of it, and uh, and uh, and if you look at it, then that that's the way that, that the Palestinians are, are uh, the, the way the Gaza Strip and the West Bank, like the West Bank is, is where it is Israeli occupied. Mm. Uh, Gaza is is where Palestinians are eventually pushed as well as possible to the sea. Is a mile long strip by six mile wide. You know, if you look at it in the context, Clan um, to Pintown, mm. uh, six mile wide, you put 2.2 million people inside it. You know, um, and now if, 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 if what happens with the Palestinians is that, that they are effectively, uh, as far as the Israelis are concerned, they're a, a third world. Uh, they have no rights. Um, if you look at that there's uh, 6.6 million Jewish Israelis, and they're free to travel all over Israel, and most of the West Bank, there's 12.7 million Palestinians, and they're barred by, by communities from living in 68% of the towns in Israel. Uh, I can actually see what happens inside there. If you remember going back to Asser Arafat. Mm, I do indeed, yeah. You know, in the, and he had he had the organization called the PLO. Yes. The Palestinian Liberation Organization. Mm. And in fairness to, to Arafat, he was trying to keep the peace and... and uh, Everything divided, didn't try to fight for his rights. Well, in the in the 1990s, Pat, we all had great hopes for Palestine. You know, it was going. We all had hopes for it, you know. But then what happened was that that Arafat was was there was an election in in 2006, and that's the last time there was an election in Gaza. Mm. And uh, Arafat, of course, is dead, Mm. and that caused a vacuum inside. And Hamas took over. There hasn't been an election there since. That's 17 years with no election. Hamas seems to be running. And if you look at then what's happening over in the West Bank. You have the, the the president over there, or whatever you call him, uh, is is uh, Mahmoud Abbas. Abbas, yes. You know mm. he's the, the Palestinian guy inside there. Uh, he's not trusted by Hamas. He's not trusted by the Palestinians because they're talking about uh, corruption and whatever else. Mm. You know, you'd always get corruption in third world countries anyway. Mm. Well, I shouldn't maybe call them third world countries, but when you have the price of poor people, the hierarchy seems to be, uh, and that's not that's not. Uh, that can not uh, even Netanyahu out of it, um, because this this war is going to suit Netanyahu, mm. because Netanyahu has a, has an investigation going into the next moment about corruption and of course he has, whatever. Yes. And, um, and he's, he's a right-wing politician and oh, he's, he's hawkish and all of that, yes. yes. And what they've yeah. done yesterday is, is they've formed a right-wing government. Yeah. Uh, by, by actually bringing yes, in a, a unity government, as they a call unity it. A unity government. Yeah. Sorry, I should have said a unity yeah. government. But they mm. found a unity government. And, and what that's going to do now is going to boost up Netanyahu's profile. Mm. And, and God knows what's going to happen. How is he going to get out of this, this thing here? Because if you look at 2.2 million people inside in, in a strip 25 miles long and 6 miles wide, and the sea is at the other side of it, right? It's bombing them. It's like shooting fish in the battle. Uh, yeah, and uh, there's a picture just in front of me here. It's on the front of the Irish Times uh, today, and I mean, it, it's like something from a a movie after you know after a nuclear war or something. You know, it's yeah. But like, if you look at um, what happened as well, and a lot of the Palestinians they're saying, right, okay, where did they get their where did they get their their, their income from? Mm. Now, and after that, go in, there's a free border to Egypt, and mm. after having worked good jobs in Egypt. Yes. But Egypt now, since the conflict has started, has closed their borders mm. because they know that some of the Hamas um, uh, insurgents, which they are effectively ISIS, 
which was in, in Iran, will will uh, go across the border and escape into into uh, Egypt and wait until this thing is over and then go back again. Also, the fact is that, that there is underground tunnels in, in a place called Jabala, which is, is, is a, mm. a refugee site, but there's underground tunnels inside there, something like what happened in Vietnam, and it beat the Americans, you could say. Yes. Yeah. And they'll use those. That's where they have all these people. So the Hamas won't be affected. It's the poor people of, of Palestine that are innocent people will be murdered yes. by... And and right. I, I and I know you want to mention as well. Needless to say, all the innocent people that were killed in Israel with the Hamas. Now, I, 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 I yes. think that what Hamas done is a atrocity. Yes, of course. I've looking at, I've looked at the papers now for the last couple of days, and I've looked at Sky News, and I've looked at the, the CNN, and I've looked at everything inside mm. that, and it is absolutely horrific. Mm. Now, there is other things inside. There is an awful lot of fake. Um, uh, Snippets going up on. on, on I'm on glad Facebook. you. I'm glad you're mentioning that because there's a lot of uh, a lot of fake news out there. So you have a to be lot careful. of fake news yeah. there, and a lot yeah. of that is they're using uh, snippets of the war of 2015, and they're using a whole load of things. Now that's not taken away from the fact that there was over 1,200 people killed in Israel, and especially in the kibbutz, because there would be a good few people, I would imagine, in Tipperary. I remember in the 70s and the 80s, the people were going, where are you going on your, on your yes, summer the holidays? They're going to the kibbutz. Yes, yeah. And they you were know, p- picking fruit and the like. And picking that's, fruit that's what and they the did, yeah. And these people were, were innocent Israelis. They're not the, the, the hardliners that, that, mm. that people were thinking. So these were easy fish for Hamas to come in over the border, win 20 miles or whatever it was, and just go through each mm. village and town inside it for about 20 miles and kill innocent people. And can I ask you, Pat, because obviously you're a man with your fingers on the pulse of what's happening there, what do you make of the breach of security where the Israelis are concerned? I mean, the Israeli intelligence services are among the very, very best in the world. They're the very how, best in the world. How did this and happen? I would safely say what happened inside there is that, oh, we'll go back to Netanyahu again. Mm. Netanyahu is, if, there, if he was found guilty of corruption, there would be a coup, a military coup, to remove him. Right, mm. he was afraid of that, and actually, some generals in his army, uh, or in some of his air force, had uh, were trying to appease the air force, uh, air force, other generals, we call them, mm. right, to keep him on side, and they they took their eye off the ball. The intelligence was looking at more what was happening within Israel, but not what was outside it. And as you said there, and rightly so. The intelligence in Israel is one of the best in the world, but they missed this one. This was yeah, the I, I, I thought it was because he had built up this relationship with with Saudi, in other words, with other Arab states, and he thought that you know because of that, that Hamas certainly was depleted in some way or not as effective in some. Way. I, I thought it was that just. Was, you see, that was the, 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 they had a, a meeting in, in Riyadh. Mm. Uh, some of, of the Israelis had meeting in Riyadh. And unfortunately, one of, on, on, on one of the prayer days, I think Friday is a prayer day, yes. uh, there, were, there was a photograph printed on, on the Israeli press. And the photograph depicted uh, one of the Israelis uh, reading a prayer out of one of their, I wouldn't call it books, just like a scroll for all mm. the world, yes. right? Yeah. And in the background was, they could see that it was, it was in Riyadh. So this is the first time in, in a, a long time that... that uh, the Israelis were accepted inside Riyadh. And this photograph was a kind of a PR stunt. But the PR stunt uh, annoyed the, the, the Hamas because they could see that Saudi Arabia and Israel were becoming bodies, close bodies. 
Yeah, you see, it's all very complex. And, of course, there's a whole Iranian uh, dynamic to this as well. Well, as, the U.S., as you well though, the US, according to, to the press this morning, no, the, the New York Times, the, the, the U.S. Are, are, are looking at that they don't believe that Iran, is, uh, Iran wasn't involved in it. Yeah. They think that they was. They, they just don't believe the story that Iran were, were caught blindsided by this. Team. They think that... Yeah, it's interesting. Was, Pat, these, Pat I could know. talk to you all day on it, uh, but uh, news is on the way. Uh, thank you so much for that this morning, Pat. All, all You're very welcome, to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Good, mo- good morning to you. Uh, news and information is coming up. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Welcome back to the second hour of Tip Today, 1800 Mike was on and he says, uh, Fran, good morning. I could listen to that man, and that's referring to my chat with uh, Pat uh, just before 10 o'clock. I could listen to that man for another hour. I'm trying to educate myself on uh, the situation, which is obviously uh, shocking. Well, me too, Mike, and it certainly is a very complex, very, very complex uh, history indeed. And most people point to uh, what happened after the Second World War. But, I mean, you have to go back, you know, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to get a grip on uh, that particular part of uh, the world. However, Catherine was on to say, Fran, let's get one thing straight. And this is all in in higher case, so she's kind of shouting at me. Um, Let's get one thing straight, says Catherine. Hundreds of Palestinians travelled each day to work in Israel and happy to do so. Hamas is the problem. Israel is no occupier, says Catherine. They own the land from way back, given by God. And there's biblical evidence that proves that. So stop demonising Israel. Oh, Lord. Um, where do we even start? I, I didn't realise we were demonising anybody. Um, I would take issue with you that, you know, that the Bible would sort of set out some sort of contract on real estate. But uh, anyway, thanks for that, Catherine. Um, Fran, I heard that man being interviewed. It's so sad. Uh, I was only saying to myself yesterday, if I had a daughter missing over there, I would rather that she be killed rather than held captive uh, from a lot of the videos that I've uh, seen that's going around. Absolutely horrific. Um, Mary was on from Colebrook and she says, so sad that young girl killed out there. Another war killing innocent people. We're lucky where we live uh, that we have freedom of speech and we can give out about the government, but at least we are safe. And it's a great show. So Mary, thanks very much indeed for that. And Mary, funnily enough, Francis O'Hanlon, our financial expert, made that point on the programme yesterday ahead of her analysis of the budget that we will all be giving out. And this isn't to minimise the fact that people out there have, you know, cost of living uh, issues, trying to struggling to pay mortgages and struggling to look after kids and all of that. I'm not minimising that in the least. But when you look at some of the photographs in the newspapers today, um, really, it, it, it does make you think. Now, unfortunately, we have covered stories on this show too many times about dogs that have been abused, injured and neglected. Now, sadly, we have another such story from Clonmel. Gina Hetherington from Paws Animal uh, Animal Rescue joins me. Now, good morning to you, Gina. Good morning, Fran. Here we are again. Here we are again, Gina. Would you tell me about poor Lee? Because the photographs are in front of me here and honestly, they are sickening. Uh, Tell me about Lee. Well, basically, last Monday morning, um, there were three dogs 
um, on the Stethers Road and a county council man on his way to work rang the Gardaí and said that the uh, these dogs are running around the main Stethers Tamel Road. So um, then a, a lady put up a post on Facebook at 9 o'clock to say that there were two dead dogs on the side of the road. So um, we hadn't heard anything about it at this stage and our kennel manager was in the vet at around 12 o'clock noon and she heard t- people talking about it. So she went around to have a look and uh, one of the dogs was dead and the, one of them was very much alive. Now, we are talking five hours between those two times. Uh, the dog's leg was hanging literally by a ligament. Um, it was got, severed. His other leg was very badly degloved and very badly damaged. But he was sitting there for five hours with people looking at him. People passing now, by, Gina? Passers-by. Uh, Gardaí were standing waiting for um, a vet. There was no vet coming. And, um, like, like nobody contacted us, which is interesting enough. Um, and, and quite a few of our staff live in Clamell. And um, the people involved were afraid to touch the dog. So Judith, our, our kennel manager, she got a blanket out of her car and she wrapped it around the dog and she brought him to the vet. Now, the vet didn't think he was going to make it. They really, really didn't think he was going to make it because it, it, it was astounding that the dog was still alive after five hours in that pain. So, um, anyway, as things went on, the vet said, look, he's a 50-50 chance of saving the, the other leg. The severed one will obviously have to go. Um, there's a 50-50 chance of saving the other one. So we said, look, that's what we do. That's our job. Do it. So he had the leg amputated, uh, where are we now? We're uh, Thursday. He had the leg amputated on Tuesday, and um, he will be in veterinary care for several weeks. And there, there's no guarantees just yet that he's going to get to the other side of this. But, I mean, the lurchers are, like, like they're so tired uh, of, of lurchers being abused like this. It, it's just shocking at this stage. And you said in your post, you're upset, you're tired, and you're angry. When will all yeah. of this stop? Yeah. Well, I don't think it ever will, because uh, every pound in Ireland is jam-packed full of lurchers, jammers with them. Every rescue centre has more lurchers than they can cope with. We have 46 of our 84 dogs here. More than half of them are lurchers. And Gina, why so many lurchers? <sighs> Mm. Well, uh, basically, uh, I think it's because the, the, the people that have lurchers don't neuter them. So they reproduce, reproduce, re- reproduce. As you, you probably know yourself, they're, they're used for hunting mm. dogs. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's far overtaken the greyhound problem. Far overtaken it. I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> but um, I don't know which way this is going to go. I mean, when the, when the destruction figures come out for... 2023 in the dog pounds all around Ireland, it's going to be shocking. And if they actually itemise the breeds, you will you will see that what I'm talking about is true. You know, it's just beyond a joke now. Um, Nikki from Mokara Rescue has gone on the media as well. 
appealing about this problem. We've been on to the Department of Agriculture, many, many rescues. There was a Department of Agriculture um, seminar there earlier in the year, and every single rescue brought up the subject of alerters. And um, nothing, zero, zilch has come back, you know. Even ideas, recommendations, a neutering scheme, you know, I mean, this ear clapping thing is one thing. But I mean, and, uh, you know, it, it's not quarter the problem that nurtures are. D- just remind us of the ear cropping again, if you want to. Well, the, the, the Department of Agriculture brought in a new law there about a month ago. They've been spending months and months and months um, debating and discussing it, where um, ear cropped dogs are not allowed to be imported anymore into Ireland. Um, it's uh, it, it's also involved uh, some rescues. Uh, you have to be registered on a special register to, uh, which is another issue. <laughs> you have to be registered with the department to rehome a near crop dog. Now, part of their stipulation is that you, the rescue has had to rehome 200 dogs in the previous two years. Now, to the likes of us, that's not an issue. But there's smaller rescues around the country that have an ear crop dog, perfectly nice dog, now they can't rehome it uh, because of this new department law. And they can't re- they can only rehome them through Dogs Trust, the ISPCA and the DSPCA at the moment. We didn't bother registering because, quite frankly, we, uh, we've had about four ear crop dogs in the last 10 years, so it's not really relevant to us. But... Um, and like the small rescues are contacting these big guys and they're saying, you know, I have this ear crop dog, Bruno, he's a lovely dog. He's ready for homing. He socialised the wolf and um, then they've been told by the big rescues there's no space. So the dog is sitting there with Mrs. You know, Jones in a rescue in, say, Killarney and she can't do anything with and of course, it's it's taking up space then, and all these yeah. places are all full anyway. And um, the the driver, I know, I know. The driver killed two dogs, badly injured another dog, and trundled on. Is that is that fair to yes. say? Yes. Well, no. There is one dog absent without leave. We don't know what happened to it. Right. Uh, there was three originally. The tan one was killed, and this one was injured, severely injured. And the driver obviously kept going. And they must have been done some speed to do that kind of damage. Some speed. Because I said to the vet, could it have been the dog was, you know, damaged some other way? And they said, no, definitely. It's an RTA. And this unfortunate creature was obviously dragged along by the car. Oh, my God. Because the the good leg is degloved. But um, how somebody could hit an animal like that, even if it was in the dark, they probably couldn't have seen what they hit. But they kept going, you know. And and when Judith got to the scene at, at 12 o'clock, there was two members of the guard east standing looking at the dog. And uh, the two dogs, as the case was. And uh, um, a gentleman that lived nearby, like, how can you do that, <laughs> you know? Like, mother of God, the dog was, in, even if it was a savage beastie, it was too damaged to give a toss. You could wrap it up in a blanket and just take it to a vet, you know? And the pain but, the dog must have been going through, I mean, that's unimaginable, isn't yeah, it? You can see it in his face in I those know, photographs. Those photographs that we put on our, our page are 
the mild ones. You know, there are other photographs but you couldn't possibly put them up for public consumption. Um, although sometimes I feel like we should. But uh, yeah, there was the there was the driver, there was the passersby. Um, I don't know what the situation with the owner was, how the dogs got out, how they ended up on the road. These things happen. But um, I'm sure they weren't just dropped there because there were three healthy dogs. Um, but there is, I would like people to note that one of them is still missing and could be injured. So if anybody around that area has sightings of an injured lurcher, would they contact us or the dog warden immediately? Um, I know it's all all about kindness and one thing or another, but money plays a part here as well. It sounds to me like that treatment that Lee has received, very expensive, uh, Gina? Well, the vet already warned me before she did anything that it would be uh, over 1,000 euros. Wow. wow. So, there's no point in setting yourself up as an animal rescue if you don't rescue animals. You know, I mean, this is what we do. Like last year, our best fees were 148,000 euro. Um, and like, you'd, you'd nearly buy half a house for that. But it's our, it's what we do. It's why we set up in the beginning. And I know you and I have had this conversation before. <laughs> but we, we, I mean, the public do rally round. They certainly do. Um, there's, uh, I mean, on our Facebook appeal there, I'm just, I'll scroll down there, 1,160 has been raised this dog, please. So, and it's not as though the vet are picking a number and doubling it. I mean, they have, excuse the pun, brought it down to the bone. Like, and they are changing wet and dry bandages several times a day. So, like, this dog is a full-time job for them. Or for a vet nurse. And uh, so then they could, I mean, if you're walking in off the street with a situation, you would have ended up paying three times that, you know? Of course, yeah. So it's, uh, nobody can blame the vet. Oh, no, that's, not, not, not at know. all. But, I mean, I, I just wanted yeah, to point out... People say, oh, that's are charging too much money. You know, look, get over that. They have yeah. to pay staff, they have to pay electricity bills, they have to do all this and that and the other, like ourselves. And um, so that's not the issue. The issue is how these animals are ending up like this in the first place. All right, it's pause.ie forward slash donate by the way. If, it is, uh, and uh, our Facebook page is there for anybody who's interested, and um, yeah, and uh, get the little dig in our Christmas cards and calendars will be available soon. And if anybody wins the lotto, we'd be delighted to hear from them. How do you do it, Gina? Because I'm looking at uh, the photographs here and I'm heartbroken. How, how do you do it? How you and your I'm colleagues? doing it since 1997. So, as, as I've said before, you, yeah. you, you get used to it but you don't get used. You know, you're still shocked. Yeah, and Everything is it getting worse since 1997, uh, Gina? Is it, it was great for the uh, late the late 90s, early 2000s. All the destruction figures in the pounds went down. All this, you know, stuff was looking much better. People were neutering their dogs. But in the last, I'd say, 9 to 12 months, it's gone crazy. Crazy. Uh, a lot of it, of course, was covid People, I know, and I keep harping back to it. Yeah. It's two years later, and people have gone back to work, and the dog they got during COVID is ripping the house apart while they were at work. Or, uh, you know, they got a cute puppy, and now it's a, you know. Yeah. A Labradoodle is not a cute little dog. A Labradoodle is as big as a Labrador, you know. And um, a lot of that is still happening. We have a lot of people that are being evicted. The landlord is selling the house. 
and the new landlord won't let them bring the dogs. There's people living in their cars with dogs. I mean, the whole world has gone mad. You know, and, 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 and they, they think, like, you talk about cost of living and, elect- I mean, our electricity bills here, since the prices went up, we're looking at 1500 to two grand a month on average for the electricity bills. You know, like, how are people supposed to, you know, cope with it, you know? But um, all I can say is the public are very kind. They do back us. Um, we have 67,000 people on our Facebook page. So if every one of them did three euros a month, yeah. we'd be stinging and we'd be able to help more animals. But unfortunately, that's not the way it works. All right, Gina. Well, thank you for taking our call this morning. And again, it's pause.ie forward slash donate and the Facebook page there as well. Thanks, Gina. Look after yourself. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. Thank you for your time. Thanks. Yeah, bye about you now. Gina Hetherington there from Pause. Uh, we'll take a break. Back in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Now, South Tipperary Autism Support Group are hosting a conference for parents, caregivers and professionals of children aged 2 to 18 years in the Talbot Hotel in Clonmel next Wednesday, the 18th of October. Now, the chairperson of the South Tipperary Autism Support Group is Catherine Kennedy, who is with me in studio. Good morning to you, Catherine. Morning, Fran. And thanks very much indeed for coming into us today. This is a fantastic lineup for a conference, isn't it? Would you tell me, tell us about it? Yeah. Um, eighteen months ago, we had a meeting with our members, and we asked them what do people want, what do they want us as a support group to do next year. And they wanted something big. They wanted something that they could get as much information as possible. Um, Dr. David Coleman's name came up first. Mm. So we said, we'll chance it, see can we get him. And then they wanted to branch out into that there'd be a couple of different opinions on topics that we speak about. So Tras Forrestal and Dr. Carlo Dwyer were mentioned as well. So it was mainly our members decided and they came up with the topics that we discuss on the night so, yeah. Mm, it's quite a mix then of uh, psychotherapists to psychologists and uh, clinical psychologists in the case of uh, David Coleman uh, as well. Have you specific topics that you're going to deal with on on the night, Catherine? We've been sent in questions from people and yes. the general consensus of topics would be anxiety, puberty, substance misuse, behavioural issues, what's diagnosis related and what's behavioural issues how to define them yes but we're not limiting it, limiting it to those specific topics right now we have a limited time so we will try and cover as many as we possibly can mm. okay um and uh, i presume everybody's welcome along uh, to absolutely you, even, even if you're not part of the autism support group this you're, you're is open to absolutely to this, anyone yeah. people if they have a diagnosis they don't have a diagnosis people that are just interested in we're not limiting this to anyone. Just because the Southie Autism Support Group are running it, yes, we made sure that it's not just limited to people with autism. It's carers, professionals. We have a lot of teachers coming, um, SNAs. So absolutely, everyone is more than welcome. You're well qualified to speak about this because your son Cormac uh, has autism. And when when did you discover that Cormac uh, was autistic? Um, I would have noticed when he was about 12 months there was something because I'll be honest I knew nothing about autism till yes. he was 
it was mentioned to me about Cormac, about 12 months, and then he was diagnosed with at about three. So that would have been the first time I would have had any dealings with autism or anything like that. And I suppose I just noticed little behavioural things. I have an older boy, Larkin, and there was the little differences the there that I noticed. I yeah, yes. and I was kind of, mm, there's something. Yes. And uh, that's about what, about eight years ago or so, is it? Karmic uh, uh, is 14 now. Okay, so, so about 10 years ago. About 10 years ago. And you, you got the diagnosis early. We did, yes. Which is far more difficult to get now, I would oh, imagine. It was it? unreal. Unreal yeah. to get a diagnosis now. When Cormac was diagnosed, he was in between a couple of different services. He was a premature baby, so he had a lot of different services, like physiotherapy, OT, and his speech-language therapist at the time thought he was going to fall through the cracks, and only for that lady, he would never have been sent forward for a diagnosis, for an assessment. Yes, he's in Skull Cormac. In Cashel. In, in Cashel, fantastic yeah. school. I Absolutely mean. amazing. Yeah. I think all his the boys and his teachers are listening in his class this morning, actually. They are absolutely amazing. I could not praise them enough. They've been a godsend to me and my family with karmic help, everything. You said that you didn't understand much about autism at uh, at the start. Um, Most people are rather confused even as to to what it is. And I suppose in addition to that then, Catherine, there's such a spectrum of autism, isn't there? The spectrum is so wide now that it's impossible to, I think, fully understand it, whether Mm. you're a professional or a parent. I'm still learning. As I tell new parents coming to me, I'm 10, 11 years in with a diagnosis of Cormac and I'm still winging it. I'm yes. learning every day. I'm seeing what's changing, what's happening. So I don't think we'll ever fully understand it, but we can only do our best for them. Yes. It's not seen as an illness or a disease. It's it's just that the brain works in a different way. Am I? Is that a clumsy way of describing it? Kathy? No, I actually think it's a nice way to describe it because... Yeah. Cormac understands everything and yes. I can only use Cormac as an example because he's mine Yeah, but he sees things in black and white there's there's no grey to Cormac right, there's no nuance it's, it's, no it's black right, and white okay. and right. he has no problem in saying how he feels yes so he how will I put it yeah it's I find it really hard to explain this now but yes of course he yes. It's everything just doesn't sit right together. They, yes. they, people on the autistic spectrum literally see things how they see them. Right. Whereas myself and yourself, and we know we can say certain things, we can't say certain things, we understand so. You have your filters and your yes. boundaries and all of that. Yeah. yeah. And do you find yourself then, Catherine, trying to get inside his head in terms of maybe trying to discover how he looks at at the world? And yes. So you have an understanding. Yes. Some days now, I would love to know what's going on in his head. Yes. Many of our kids in the group, when you'd see them sitting there and you know they're up to something or you know they're thinking, but you'd love to know what yes. is actually going on because there's an awful lot going on in Cormac's head. He's, he'd have an awful lot of knowledge on different things and he loves to talk, but certain things he mightn't understand. Yes. And, and of course, as you say, then where the spectrum is concerned, some, some children can't speak. Some people can't, some children can't speak. Non-verbal and... Non-verbal, the whole lot. But yet they are the most amazing, brilliant kids you'll ever meet in your life. Mm. Do you know, we have, in my group, we have some of the most amazing kids. Now, maybe I'm biased, Mm. but 
we all really enjoy it. Of course, yes. Yeah. The, the, the growing up then, I suppose, I mean, there's a whole other dynamic if, if a child is autistic. Um, puberty, for example, you know. Puberty, all those things yeah. have to be explained in a different way. Yes. You have to learn a new way to explain these things. I mm. struggle sometimes to explain things to Cormac. Yeah. And I kind of have to take a step back and figure it out how I can interpret say it that he's going to interpret it in the way I mean it. Yes. Okay. So like everything is just that little bit harder. Right. And who do you go to? I mean, not a specific person, but I mean, where do you go for your knowledge? Or is it just a case of you're, you're living with your son, so you're, you're, you're learning as you go along? I go to my parents in do the support you? group. I go, yeah. to, I sit down. We all, we have a WhatsApp group, South Tip Autism. All our friends are we're all friends, we're close. So if there's something we're not sure of, someone will ask a question or someone might be able to support you or help you or go, yeah, OK, we went through that, this is what we tried. Mm. Do you know? But it's talking to people. That's where I get my support from. That's where, that's the only way you can do it. These people, parents and caregivers, are living with it every day. Mm. At the end of the day, they're the professionals. They're the ones who know what works and what doesn't work, in my opinion. We've often heard cases on the programme that, you know, if, if you're out and about with your child who is living with autism and you're in a supermarket and they, they can easily be affected by noise yep. or by lights or by crowds or, or whatever, they act up a little. And then yep. because, I mean, people can't tell from the outside, maybe from a distance that That's it. Unfortunately, they, they, they have do. autism, they make judgments, I guess. Yes. Have you come across that, Catherine? Have you? Um, I haven't come across that now in a long while, but I yeah. would have with say people I know and things like that that would have said they're stared at they're looked at and this child or adult might not be able to even comprehend why they're overstimulated why the things are too loud they might actually be able to vocalise it in that moment so it is hard because people do make a judgement and I'll be honest with you Fran I done it myself when I knew nothing about autism I would have said they're bold and I'll hold my hands Old up and child. say why, why don't the parents there you sort go. that out? Unfortunately, yeah. that's that's what I did and I done it myself and I know there's a lot of people that done it. Now I understand. Now yes. I go, okay, that's happening and tot run. Yes. Do you know? Unless you now if I saw a parent upset or something, I would offer go, are you okay or something? But that's it. People don't need... Everyone makes judgment about everything in this life. Can we not just yeah. stop their children? They you are, don't know what's going on in someone else's and, life. And, and the mum or the dad or both, well, they're dealing with a challenging situation at yeah. that moment. The last thing they need is adjudication or something. But that's you know. it. At the end of the day, you don't know has that child been up all night and mum and dad have been up all night, might have had to go to work and they need to dag into the shop and get some groceries. Yes. And they have no choice but bring the child. So the child is tired, mum and dad are tired. You don't know what all that's after going on. Yes. So you're going to stand there and make judgment on a parent, do you know? Yeah. Your support group, though, I mean, you've mentioned it, that that's your go-to. And I presume if there are parents out there who are not part of the support group, you'd advocate that they would Oh, 100%. So, yeah. I've made some of my best friends through the support group personally, met some most amazing people. We have the best time at our events, our activities Everyone in the support group understands everything. Mm. Our children can be themselves. There's no judgment in our group. Mm. If your child, like you said, was getting overstimulated, having a, a little meltdown, we're, we're not even going to bat an eyelid. Yes, we're going to go, yeah. are they all right? 
and that's it. No one is going to judge anyone on what they're doing or how they're doing it in the support group. We're just there to support, to have a laugh, enjoy each other's company, enjoy our kids and see them all make friends and be comfortable with each other. Which is so important indeed. And where other the other children in, in the family then is, is concerned, and I'm speaking about families in general, not yeah. just your own, it's easy to have the child with special needs with the spotlight on them all the time and everything oh, is about them and yeah. centred on, on them. I guess you have to be careful about that, Catherine, do you? Oh, you do. Yeah. And look like that. You're, everything is a learning curve. You're yes. learning how to deal to keep both of them happy, to keep three or four of them happy. But one thing about support group is we include all family members. Right. Like my mum and dad will come to events, you know. So extended family. Extended, everything is very family inclusive. Um, Brothers, sisters, siblings, we do swimming and I think it's the siblings enjoy the swimming more so than the kids. (laughs) Do you know, or the parents actually really enjoy the swimming as well. But we open up everything to make everyone feel as included because it is hard to try and include everyone. Well, that uh, conference then is happening on the 18th of October at the uh, Talbot Hotel in Clonmel. Uh, obviously, tickets on sale ahead of time. How can they Tickets are available tickets? on Eventbrite. Okay. Now, we actually only have about 50 tickets left for the event. Mm. So if And we won't be selling tickets on the door. So if anyone is interested, they can contact our office on 089-268-4361 and we can send them the link to get the tickets or they can go on to eventbrite.ie and type in South Tip Autism and it will come up. Very good. And Emma will have all of those details here just in case you, you missed that. But it's important to say, and I think most people would know at this stage, I mean, David Coleman, Dr. David Coleman is, you know, incredible and he, he is, is the expert on on child psychology, isn't he? Yes, he yeah. is, definitely. And uh, Dr. Carol O'Dwyer there as well, psychologist and uh, Trassa Forrestal, I think. Is, is a play therapist in Tremor. Right. She's amazing. All these people... Um, Dr. Carlo Dwyer and Trust Forrestal have been used by um, our parents. That's mm. why we picked those people. We picked people that we had reviews from that people have dealt with yes. personally. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it sounds like uh, it's going to be a, a wonderful occasion. You'll have time to ask questions, I guess. We will. Well. Yeah. We're asking people to pop questions down at the end. Yes. And just be mindful that when they're asking questions, to keep privacy, um, that we're in a room with people, that people are going to have issues that they want to discuss Yes. so just be mindful of the child's privacy and others in the room Gillian was on to say it's an amazing group, it isn't just for the kids as you pointed out yourself Um, it's open to everybody uh, and anybody on the spectrum, Catherine is just fantastic it says spokesperson for uh, the group and as a family with an autistic little girl we would have been lost without her and the group, isn't that lovely lovely, uh, advocate there for your group, thanks very much indeed Catherine we wish you well, thank you, Uh, we'll take a break and we're back with more in just a moment If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on 1-800-938-007. TIP FM's TIP Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Time to talk farming and glad to be joined by Katrina Morrissey, Deputy News Editor for the Farmer's Journal. Good morning to you, Katrina. 
Good morning, friend. Good to talk to you today. Now, much space in the journal uh, about Budget 2024, what it means for farmers. I was interested to read inside Tim Cullinan of the IFA, Katrina, saying it's a long way short of what it should be. Pat McCormick of the ICMSA saying complete non-event for farmers. The ICSA president, Derek Kelleher, saying that the budget does little for farmers. So a lot, lot of unhappy, unhappy people out there from the organisations anyway. Yeah, that's right. And I suppose all the farm organisations uh, go to the government and go to the Department of Agriculture and the Minister with their asks before the budget and um, all would have been hoping, I suppose, to get extra funding this year. Um, we've heard so much about the windfall profits from the corporate taxes and there would have been a hope that some of that would have been, you know, resulted maybe in one of those giveaway budgets of lower um, it didn't happen. I suppose there was funding found for a lot of schemes. Um, some of them were just maintained, though, and I think that's where the uh, the unhappiness in the farm organi- organisations would stem from. There was no big giveaway. You know, there was no increase in in funding for any particular schemes, and there were no new schemes as such announced, mm. other than what would have been expected. There was extra for acres, but is it is it near enough? Will there still be a shortfall there? Fran, Acres is the scheme, it's the agri-environmental scheme which was opened to much fanfare last year and hugely popular among farmers. It was completely oversubscribed. The original plan was to have 50,000 farmers go into the scheme over two years. What actually happened was that 36,000 farmers applied for year one and we didn't think that they would get in. We thought there would be 16,000 farmers rejected. What happened at that time was the minister said, Okay, we're going to take everybody in, and there was so that was obviously um, positive for the farmers who got in, and also positive for the government because in the face, you know, in in the face of climate action plans and yeah. climate targets, to have that many farmers interested in an agri environmental scheme was very important for the government. Um, unfortunately, what has happened is that the ceiling now is still in place. That that's what became obvious from this budget. The €40 million extra, yes, granted to the acres scheme, that doesn't give much more than in or around six, six and a half thousand places. So nothing like the 38,000 that went in in year one. Um, That would be at an average payment of around €6,000 per farm in return for environmental measures taken. So money allocated, but it looks like the Minister is sticking to that original ceiling of 50,000 farmers across the two years, the two-year intakes. What else uh, should we be looking at as uh, highlights uh, from uh, the budget for agri is concerned, Katrina? Yeah, I suppose looking at the bigger sectors, um, on the beef side, there was £20 million allocated for beef schemes. Mm. The detail and the name of this will need to be um, uh, finalised, I suppose. We're expecting it to be something like the National Beef Welfare Scheme. It will have a front-loaded payment of in around €50 Euro per cow. This is part of the Minister's uh, plan to be able to say that he is giving support of €200 Euro per suckler cow in a number of payments. Um, the money for that this year is not coming from Europe, which it did last year. So there was a Brexit Adjustment Reserve Fund, the BAR mm. funding, available to government last year. It isn't there this year. And as a result, the uh, Department of Agriculture is dipping into the state coffers for that particular um, funding. What would farmers have to do first? 
probably something like meal fielding of weanlings. There may be some move on IBR blood testing. It will be all kind of animal health related mm. measures that have a benefit for both um, the environment in terms of, you know, one health and reducing antimicrobial resistance and also for the farmer. On the sheep side then, there's 15 million of a new fund, completely new fund. So sheep farmers are probably one of the happiest, I'd say, coming out of mm. this budget. Yeah. That's giving them about €8 Euro extra per yo likely to be similar to the beef welfare scheme farmers will receive a small payment for each of a me- of a suite of measures that they pick again some of those will be related to health might be some vaccination required uh, likely and there is some talk of uh, some of that payment going to shearing and you know the price of wool versus the cost of shearing animals has been a topic of debate in recent years so we'll probably see something along those lines um, of interest to, be, to farmers in Tipperary, I think two particular schemes worthy of note is the Dairy Beef Welfare Scheme. It was rolled over from last year. It's nationally funded again. It's a payment to farmers for a particular type of calf in return for a measure. In this case, it is weighing their animals and keeping track of weight, which will ultimately be fed into things like a breeding index that will relate to carbon emissions from farming. Um, it was extremely popular last year. There was over 14,000 farmers applied. This year, the payment will be €20 Euro per calf, up to a maximum of 50 calves, so some extra um, funding there. On the tillage side then, you know, there's a lot of unhappiness in the tillage sector at the moment. Yeah. Harvest was very difficult. Um, we have a piece in the Farmers' Journal this week saying that there's 5,000 acres of unharvested crops across the country. Um, we're on the 12th of October. That's a really dire situation for those farmers to be in. So what did the minister do? He announced a fund of €8 million. Um, That, in real terms, is a drop of €2 million uh, compared to last year because the tillage incentive scheme last year was €10 million allocation. And, in fact, some of this year's money will have to go to farmers who joined that scheme. So... Tears farmers not particularly happy on that front. They did get a European fund um, allocation about 10 days, two weeks ago. But again, a lot of farmers saying what was offered, what is on offer there, derisory and not worth it at all is the summary Mm. of it. They're saying around €11 an acre, which is, it is very small now when you're looking at the losses that are out there in tillage farms this year. What I'm intrigued at, Katrina, is that, you know, in general the budget was seen as a sort of a, a pre-election uh, a budget in a lot of ways, but there was no attempt, it strikes me, to win back the farmers, or win over the farmers. Uh, would that be your reading of this? Yeah, I think that's a fair summary of it. There was certainly no wooing of farmers in it other than keeping them reasonably happy and I, that's you know that's yeah. a, maybe a bit, a bit of a sweeping term but there's nobody really jumping up and down about it uh, one of the farm leaders that she quoted there a non-event yes. you know that that would be probably fair yeah, Pat I think. McCormick said that yeah. yeah yeah so it wasn't you know there's no outrage over the budget but equally there's no exhilaration over the budget from the farming uh, point of view and um, one thing that may yet be seen to be a positive for the longer term is there's an increased grant there for farmers who import slurry relevant to the derogation, you know, the nitrates derogation rules yes. that we've been talking about. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what the uptake there is because the cost of construction, anything to do with concrete these days is extremely high. Um, and there is a push there that farmers will be allowed to get uh, grant access separate to other TAMS funding. So that's where it is for a slurry tank on a farm which is directly related to water quality, 
that they would have a separate investment ceiling there, which would have the effect of making more grant aid available. Um, the other story I was intrigued uh, about uh, because our own Jackie Cahill is involved in uh, the story, but Agri-Land, as we know, much sought after at the, at the moment, uh, Katrina, but concerns raised that investment funds will snap up land for trees. That's a big concern, isn't it? It is, it is. And I suppose they're in the forestry programme, which has been announced, um, there is positive discrimination towards farmers in that farmers have uh, higher payment rates than non-farmers if they plant trees. And they also get the premiums for longer. I think it's 15 years versus 20 years. So the farmer gets the longer um, number of premiums. But there is that concern. And I suppose this stems back to the the Creelche, Gresham House deal, that opened this potential for uh, investors outside of farming, investors even from outside the country, mm. coming in to buy land to uh, take advantage of the premiums, also take advantage potentially of carbon credits that go with um, forestry, which is, again, a really hot topic. Um, and, yeah, it was raised in the Joint Directors Committee on Agriculture and Fianna Fáil's uh, Jackie Cal leading the charge there, saying that, you know, the, the vast majority of the new land will go into forestation and, and come onto the open market, he thinks will go into the hands of investors. We've seen in parts of Ireland places like Leitrim and Cavan, where there is a huge amount of afforestation, that the people there link that directly to the decline of the rural communities. You know, where there's vast tracts of land planted, there isn't, where there aren't livestock, there isn't the associated business of livestock. So, that, you know, there's less demand for marks, there's less demand for cattle feed, you know, medicines, all of those things. Forestry, while it generates, I suppose, employment and industry for a time, it's not as consistent or as widespread as, you know, the, the traditional livestock farming. So that's a worry, I think, and it has been very well spoken about in those counties, particularly Leitrim. And they also say that, you know, there's a large number of investors have no interest in the county other than to just buy into the forestry there. There's a very interesting piece in, in your, your magazine as well that's in the journal The Irish Country Living and it's uh, from Sarah Cassidy who has often appeared on, on this programme. She's involved, of course, with uh, Ash Irie. But it's very sobering to, to read what she has to say because we normally associate drugs and drug addiction and drug issues with urban areas. But she's making the point that every crossroads, down rural lanes, drugs accessible everywhere. It's very concerning, isn't it, Katrina? Very concerning. And and Sarah really um, highlights that in in the country living section of the paper this week. Um, She has seen, and there are farmers presenting regularly to Ashiree for treatment. Um, They're typically coming, you know, kind of 24, 26 years of age, but they have begun their, their drug taking at 18. In some cases, they start with cannabis. But cocaine, she said, is yeah. what is really the problem. And it has absolutely, there is no urban-rural divide anymore, um, Ashiree are finding, um, on, on the cocaine front. It is as easily accessible through social media in the most isolated rural areas as it would be in town centres. Um, and I suppose farming is an isolated occupation um, by its nature. And once upon a time, the addiction may have been more to do with alcohol. And alcohol is obviously more controlled in that you have to go to a licensed premises mm. of some description at, at a particular time of day. Whereas uh, the drug availability now, and particularly through social media, is almost a 24-hour 
any day of the week accessibility, which has to be directly linked to um, addiction rates. And some very worrying things um, from Sarah, uh, you know, she's saying that farm death, so, so drug dealers see farms as a virtual ATM because if they um, supply drugs and get someone into enough debt, they know that there will be some asset. You know, there might be animals that could be sold or whatever. And, and they've seen farms under a threat from drug dealers where debts have built up. Um, you know, we've anecdotally heard of uh, farm machinery like tractors and things being damaged um, as a way of threatening the family of someone who has got into drug debt with them. So it's very worrying. And, uh, you know, centres like Ashiree and services um, like Sarah and her team provide in care and other places is just so essential for everybody, but particularly acute in, in rural Ireland at the moment. Well, that's for sure. Uh, Katrina, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. Good morning to you. That's uh, Katrina Morrissey, Deputy News Editor for the Farmers uh, Journal. Of course, the journal is on your shelves right now. News and information is coming up. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie Welcome back to the final hour of uh, Tip Today. Now, of course, we're with you every weekday morning from nine. And uh, this morning uh, in the nine o'clock hour, we spoke to Jim. Um, and we got his views on the situation on our roads. Now, we spoke to a number of callers, as you know, on the show this week uh, about what they see as a growing problem with people driving rather dangerously. Jim is in Thurlis, and here's just a little of what he had to say to me just after nine o'clock this morning. A lot of young women, some of them with kids in the car on, on the mobile phones. Now, if you get in behind a woman driver on a country road, a good woman driver does not like it. They'd be absolutely brilliant. But you watch, say in the evening time, when work finishes, and maybe they're ringing ahead to baby minders, childcare, I don't know, or early in the morning. And again, the same thing. You'll see some of them on the phones. That's that's absolutely not on. Right, but children in, in the car. And you, you would see this, yeah. Jim, you're telling me, on a regular basis, would you? Well, if you go down to town and stand in the square, I go for a walk early in the morning then. And watch it, you can see it, yeah, or in the evening time. What? And again, no need for that. What What needs to happen, uh, Jim? I mean, are we talking about policing know, and, uh, you know, what, what are we talking about here? I, I just don't know. The, the, the entire attitude in relation to driving. And again, if you're, you, 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 I think you mentioned this already at one stage. Driving behind somebody <clears throat> and they come up to a junction and they turn and then they're in the car. Mm, I know. It's mad. What's, what's that about? I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. Or, or did they ever learn to drive properly or what's the story? Mm. I, I think they're daydreaming. Has it disimproved considerably in the last couple of years, do you think, Tim? Well, some people have brought it to my attention that it's since COVID. Yeah, so a lot now, of people are saying that. Yeah, yes, it should completely. Now, there are some brilliant drivers out there, very careful drivers in the mm. sense that if you want to cross the street and it's not near... Um, pedestrian crossing and they'll read this sign and they'll slow down and let you cross absolutely brilliant and at some junctions mm. but there are more people and they just cut you off the road and that's Jim who spoke to me in the 9 o'clock hour this morning one of our listeners on um, to advocate that uh, Thurless listeners would get behind the SARS because uh, the Hurlers are um, playing of course uh, Killadangan 
and uh, this listener saying uh, put up the bunting and support the team for the county final the businesses in the town especially after all it's supposed to be the home of hurling and uh, the listener goes on to say Kildang and have lots of flags and colours up in fair play to them thirless people wake up it says uh, SARS Abu all right, 0833113311. Time for our health slot now. And glad to be joined as usual on a Thursday by Muriel Cuddy, who is CEO of Marito 8020, the clinic in Clonmel. Good morning to you, Muriel. Morning, Fran. Should I ask you about your driving just to sort of stir things even I, I more? I'm a brilliant driver. I'm like, I'm just, yeah. Like, uh, and modest as well. I, I don't do that. anything wrong. I was actually made get a lorry license at 18. So dad used to have, yeah, right. um, so he made and he was, he and he was dead right as in, even if you never use it, if you can drive something like that and you can park it and you're aware of the dangers or whatever, it'll make you a much better driver right. when you actually sit into a car. So I can, and I laugh because when my husband's in the car with me, I often say to him when he's trying to park, um, do you want me to like do it for you? <laughs> whatever. So, I'm so, sure that goes down a bomb. Oh, the kids yes, think he's yes. brilliant and I'm useless. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And did you ever drive a lorry? Like? Um, I did for a while, but I always did felt, you? I had like, um, like what would you say, nearly like a cannonball underneath me. I was never comfortable because I always yeah. felt the danger of this. Jesus, if it got away from me, if I'd done something out of the way, yeah. the amount of people you could kill or whatever. So no, that wasn't a world for me. But um, yeah, right. uh, once I'm, upon I'm, a time. I'm, I'm just sort of trying to imagine the very stylish Muriel Cuddy driving driving a truck. But there you go. You're yeah. going to talk to us today about eye health. Yes. Um, to, uh, yeah, discuss. Discuss, yeah. yeah. So first of all, I'm just going to go through a few stats mm. because some of these just blow your mind and some of them are very funny and some of them are very true. So I just thought this was really good. So the average blink takes one-tenth of a second and we blink 12 times in a minute. Uh, it moisturises your eyes, you know. So I just find that, and that's about 17,000 times a day, France. Oh. okay? So that's, that's to me is amazing. The human eyeball weighs 28 grams, okay? And the human eyeball can distinguish, <laughs> I was saying this earlier on, I said 50 shades of grey. No, it's 500 shades of grey. So if anybody's head is wandering off in different ways on a Thursday morning, it's actually 500, 500 shades of grey. 500 shades of grey, okay. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, sailors once thought that if they wore a gold earring, it would improve their eyesight. So that's where, you know, the earrings and the sailors all it? Yeah, came from. Yeah, they thought oh. it would improve their eyesight. Um, people read, this blew my mind completely, okay? So people read 25% slower on a laptop than they do on paper. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that? Why? Just let that sink in, like. I've no idea. No idea. But 25%. Okay. So, you know, the Kindles and yeah. all of that piece, yeah. Maybe it's that you have to go over it again or something, or maybe it's, you know, that the, the, the writing on print like that. I don't know. Maybe it's the screen. I don't know. But anyway, it's 25% yeah. slower. That stat is there. This one I love, and I'm going to pause after this one because I want this one to sink in, mm -hmm. okay? So males are definitely more likely to be colourblind. One in eight men are colourblind. We have had numerous rows at home about this. We'd always said the men in our world were colourblind, and they said they weren't. So we had a blue cow at home, which we used to say was grey. So the farmers <laughs> listening can actually ring in and say, is there such a thing as a blue cow? But anyway, yes. And you can actually... Back yeah, me up on this, yeah. friend. Can't I, you? I, I am colorblind. I'm certainly on the on the spectrum. I believe I'm not as bad as some people, but I certainly was prancing around here one time years ago in what was a pink shirt that I thought was grey, 
people were admiring it and admiring my bravery for, for wearing it. I had no idea it was pink. Isn't it brilliant though? No, isn't it like, you know, things that can go over your head like that that you don't actually no. notice. Yeah, I think I it's know. brilliant. But anyway, there was a pause after that. If yes. anybody, yeah, because yeah. that's actually true. So men, if you're listening, you are colourblind and girls well, were it, right. It, it, so it explains an awful lot. It doesn't, doesn't, yeah. doesn't adjust. Yeah, know, yeah. 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 So one sixth of the eyeball um, is exposed to the outside world. Just one sixth. Oh, yeah. okay. So all the rest of it is behind. Um, if you lined up all your eyelashes that you shed in a lifetime, they'd add to 98 foot. And this is nothing to do at all, Emma, fake eyelashes that, that are put on throughout time. Are you calling whatever. out Emma on fake I'm eyelashes? I'm not really, now she'd yeah. kill me after, right? Um, so oh, oh, in higher case, she's typing up here, I don't wear... Uh, fake eyelashes or eye serums or anything that make my <laughs> eyelashes more beautiful. Sorry, Emma, sorry. No um, secrets here. Yeah. So the eyes are made up of two million working parts. Two million wow. working parts. Wow. Now I take my hat off to that because I'm thinking like of the like all the eye surgeons and you know all the different things. My kids wear glasses and they've had different eye surgeries and that. So I take my hat off like to that whole world because if there's two million working parts in an eye, isn't that just totally amazing? You know, um, it's impossible to sneeze with your eyes open. I think we know that one. We've tried that one. Okay. Um, yeah, but you can't do it anyway. So your eyes will focus on fifty things per second. So per second. Per second. Yeah. That's totally amazing as well. Um, hawks and eagles can see eight times better than us. Uh, which again, mm. you'd nearly, I suppose, expect that, wouldn't mm. you? Um, a spider has eight eyes because they've no neck, so they can't actually turn their head around to see anything, right? We actually see, I'll ask you this one, do we see in 3D or 4D? Uh, 3D. Yeah, well done. We see yeah. in 3D, yeah. Um, an owl can't move their eyes, so an owl literally, you know, oh, they move the whole body, head. so the yes. whole body, so that's what makes them scary, but they can't move their eyes. I want to tell um, the listeners, Muriel is doing an impression of an owl right now, which is, <laughs> I wish I had a video of this. But. <laughs> He's definitely trying to get me back today. <laughs> um, blue eyes are more sensitive to light, yeah, yeah, so if you have blue eyes, they're more sensitive. Um, blue, co- blue colour causes most eye strain, so if your eyes are blue, yeah, you have more eye strain than what you have with brown eyes. So oh. brown, brown eyes are better all around. I loved this one, right? So there was a question there um, about violet eyes. So is there such a thing as violet eyes? Can you have um, violet eye colour, right? Naturally, without all mm-hmm. the lenses mm-hmm. or whatever. You can. And didn't Elizabeth Taylor have violet eyes? Doesn't surprise me. Her eyes were just gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> now you should actually see Franz. <laughs> she, was Body language. she was such a beautiful Wasn't woman. She? Yeah, her that, eyes that's why like, yeah. that just, I just thought that was amazing. Yeah, I just yeah. thought that was like perfectly apt. Yeah. yeah. Um, so your eyes heal really quickly. So 48 um, hours after any kind of a minor scratch and your eyes will heal that quickly. The body is amazing to heal and I talk about that all the time. And then this one, in the pitch black at night, the eyes can detect a candle flame 14 miles away. Wow. 14 miles away. Right, it's just going on very quickly then. So newborn don't, newborns don't produce tears. I think we nearly know that, but it can be anywhere between 4 to 13 weeks before they actually have the ability to produce te- tears. I yeah. didn't realise They that. can cry, yeah. so they can cry, but right, just but, the, but the tears, the tears yeah. aren't there or whatever, oh, yeah, for 13 okay. weeks, yeah. So the eyeballs, eyeballs grow as we age. So when a baby is born, each eye measures 16 millimetres, but they grow to 24 millimetres. So by the time you reach puberty, your eye is the size that it's going to stay. The length of your eyeball determines what kind of eyesight you have, so not the width. So it's the length of the, your eyeball, literally, that that's, yeah, whether you're long-sighted mm. or short-sighted. There are 39 p- million people in the, around the world who are blind, right? But there are 234 million people that have visu- a visual impairment. So that's a lot of people with different eye it issues. Is, yeah. And 16 million children are um, uh, blind, not visually impaired, but actually blind worldwide, which is a lot. So the muscle that controls your eyes are the most active ones in the body. So they're like above anything else because they're ready to go 24-7. And the last one then, 
even your eyes can get sunburned. So make sure you wear your sunglasses, etc. So you're putting on the sunscreen, etc. That's why it's so important to actually have the eye care piece as well. Very good indeed. Is it fair to say in your job as well, the eye, are there a lot of telltale uh, stuff about the eye in terms of general health? Yeah, so, totally. Like, like, you know, like the blind spots, the halo, you know, yeah. distorted vision, little things like that, flashers and floaters, you know, yeah, can I ha- be... I have those. Yeah, it yeah, can be vitamin deficiency, you know, yeah. and that. And isn't it funny because, you know, um, we talk about eat well all the time, but you remember years ago you used to say eat your carrots? Mm. Well, like, that's true, like, because, you know, luteinine is in carrots and that's one of the minerals that you actually need for eye care. So, okay. like, you have to eat really well, like, your omega-3s, your luteinine, your zinc, your vitamin C, your vitamin E, um, they might all help vision problems. They definitely help the molecular the um, damage, you know, the cataracts, things like that. And magnesium. So, you know, the eye twitch. Yeah. Well, magnesium will definitely help if your eye is twitching. So, like, magnesium and zinc are two of the ones that an omega-3s and I suppose everything else, but mm. they're three of the very big ones. Leafy green veg, spinach, that has lo- loads of luteinine. So, like, include that in your diet straight away you know um, that doesn't work it eat, or it actually works much better if you eat a fat with it she's gone off into a tangent now because she's in her world but that's literally yeah so if you eat a fat with it like um, olive oil it helps you absorb oh, um, the spinach okay. much better so drizzle your olive, olive oil over your spinach and then other things that are really um, good just to keep your eyes sufficiently hydrated so the omega 3s you're talking about say like salmon tuna you know the essential oily fish they're fantastic eggs and beans the non um, meat, protein again, that has luteinine, they have zinc, they have vitamin A and it's red, red, readily available. So they say eat two to four eggs a week um, for eye health, um, you know, and mm. to stop you developing that um, age-related uh, molecular de- degeneration or whatever. So la- uh, guys, include your fish, include your eggs, include your spinach, include your carrots, things like that. And don't I say that every single day. So orange foods have that beta carotene in them. So it's not just the carrots. Mm. So anything that's orange. So like your oranges and your mandarins and anything that has that orange colour. Every um, every veg or everything that has a colour has a different um, benefit within mm. the body. Okay, so like your purples, your oranges... They're all a different colour for a different reason. They do something different, right? Almonds are another thing. So almonds have high levels of vitamin E and the body can't make vitamin E, so we've got to get it from somewhere. And again, that helps with your eye health, okay? So nuts on any level, but almonds have the highest level of it. Um, Oysters, so it's not just for the, like... um, Yes, yes. Seduction side. He's nodding away here. (laughs) Seduction side. Yes. Or whatever. It's the omega trees and zinc. Okay. okay. So yeah, you can get your oysters. And then the last one that that's really good for eye health are sunflower seeds. So sunflower seeds are very high in vitamin E as well, right? But one of the things I see in relation to say the dietary side, Fran, is if you have an unhealthy diet, um obesity, type two diabetes, etc., that can cause blindness. That'll that'll lead to blind blindness eventually if you're not minding yourself. So to eat healthily and be well eighty percent of the time affects every single part of our body, doesn't it? It's literally yeah. Well, I knew you were going to talk about this today. I mean, my question to you is, how do you keep uh, the whites of your eyes white? Because I sort of, you know, I look in the mirror and I look like a vampire or something. But that's food related a lot of the time. Yes, and and hydration related. So it's literally what you're putting into your body so much of the time, how you look. But can you reverse? <laughs> if you've had bloodshot eyes for about 40 years, can you can you reverse that in um, some way? Do you know what? I'm not going to give you a straight answer because I don't know whether you can reverse it or not. Mm. And I'd be telling you a lie or making it up mm. if I did. But I just know every single part of the body heals itself really fast when you stop doing the wrong things. 
So if mm. you're eating the wrong things, so say, say like liver damage, things like that are going to affect like the colour of your skin as in, mm. you know, your, your your jaundice and all that kind of thing. But like you can you can reverse so many different things once it's not gone too far. So it's the early the early preventative side that you have to do. 40 years? I don't know. Mm. Um, you know, red, red, red wine for God knows. Stop that. <laughs> God knows how long. Stop that. Yeah, yeah. Stop that. But you can reverse so many different things. Yeah. Yes, so, well, yeah. well, hopefully so. It's interesting. I had that, um, that uh, corrective um, uh, operation for, for the eyes, the um, thingy yeah. for being short-sighted, you know. Mm. But ever since I got... Now, remarkable in terms of my eyesight. Now, I could see anything in, in, in the distance. But I, I always look tired since. Okay. Do, you, do you know? It, it had that sort of effect on the eyes. Do you feel you look tired since? Yes. Or do people say it? Oh, should they say it? They're kind enough to say all sorts of things to me. But yeah. yeah. But I, I, I always, yeah. You know that feeling that, you know somebody who wears glasses and they take off glasses yeah, yeah, yeah. and they look sort yeah. of tired. I've had that look since I got the... The um, what am what am I talking about here? The um, you know the corrective uh, yes, surgery. Yes, done yes, yes. The laser yeah. surgery. The, yeah. the laser eye surgery. You ever come I across that? I've never heard that. No, yeah. my sister's had it done. I've heard of loads With of people no have it done, but yeah. I've never heard that. But you didn't ever wear glasses, did you? I did. I did. Oh, indeed. you did. So when you took glasses, maybe you're just looking at your eyes in a different way now. <clears> glasses maybe are gone. So. Maybe so. I've never yeah. heard that, Fran. Right. Yeah, you were okay. unusual. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but yeah. listen, there's a few other things, right? So I just want to give people a little bit of information in relation to this. So if you have vision problems, you need to go and get an eye exam, right? So it's just important. And I suppose to know the different things. So an optician, so they distribute your glasses and contact lenses based on your doctor's prescription, okay? okay. They don't diagnose or treat, treat eye problems. You have an optometrist. They do vision tests, eye exams, and they diagnose eye disease. So they prescribe the glasses, contact lenses, and the eye medicines, etc., to treat disease. And then you have the ophthalmologist. So there's a medical doctors so they're the people that can you know do the next level of they mm. diagnose treat eye disease they do the eye surgery they provide the routine eye care services like prescribing glasses contact lenses etc so to know the difference between the three but the symptoms to watch for so um, even if they're temporary you need to see somebody about these these ones below are, I suppose are the emergency or the urgent ones okay so red painful eye or pain in the eye is an emergency okay partial or total vision loss in one or both eyes double vision blind spots halos around the eyes are areas of distorted vision that goes on so it's not just a one off or whatever seeing flashes and or floaters feeling of a shade or a curtain being drawn across your field of vision an injury to the eye or the bone surrounding the eye trouble seeing objects on the other side of your usual visual field trouble telling the difference between colours that occurs suddenly and then the symptoms that you should see an eye care provider for just sometime soon like in whatever you know so trouble seeing at night or reading objects appearing less sharp blurring of objects that are far away or near itching or fluid from your eye so they're just literally or if you're like me and you're at my age and you're starting to hold bottles and ingredient things away at a distance that you can't actually see the ingredients maybe you need to see somebody yeah just to get the uh, bifocals for the next 50 years but do we take enough care of the eyes it's like every other part of the body no I don't think I think you're supposed to wear your sunglasses like that's literally because you know you can uh, your, your eyes can burn but it even reduces you know your chances of getting things like cataracts etc you know so mm. and even the eye safety you know like wearing safety glasses and stuff so if you're like using the what are the hedge cutters and mm. all of that kind of thing because if something gets in your eye like the injury can be you know like at least now when they're hurling and doing that they're wearing the helmets and stuff but you know are people wearing them enough and wearing what they need to wear enough the other thing is um reduce the screen time so like the blurred vision and stuff like that the eye strain trouble focusing the, the headaches the neck and back pain that's all there so like you have to mind yourself that what, what what's mm. the rest your eyes every 20 seconds 
So isn't it, look, 20 feet away for 20 seconds and get up every two hours and take a 15-minute break. That's what they say about the... And it's interesting about the aesthetics then because, you know, an awful lot of people look to the eyes and say, oh, if I got rid of those bags now or yeah. those wrinkles at the corner yeah. of the eyes, I'd look so much younger and stuff. Yeah. Do people home in on the it's eyes? It's like every that? single day. Is it? It's the eyes and around the mouth. So it's ah. every single day that the bags or the, the fat deposits underneath the eye, the eye falling down, so the skin comes down so that you don't have any eyelid anymore. Yeah. Um, so the blethoplasty that you can actually lift it and, and just cut away a little bit of skin there. It's the wrinkles around, the wrinkles at either side, the wrinkles between the eyes. It's all that side of it, yeah. It's, it's, I suppose the eyes are one of our main and it's possibly what we're looking at in the mirror, isn't it? But mm. it's one of the pieces in the aesthetic world that we work on. Like, yeah, so all, much. All of the time. All yeah. right, then. You have a competition to tell us about. We have. Before the competition, can mm. I just show you a picture, Fran? Sorry. I just, I put this up on social media this morning just to see what Fran thinks of this. Okay. See this? Uh, 18, will I read it out? Do, yeah. 18 chicken breast donuts. <laughs> 100% uh, chicken breast, crispy. 18 donuts. Yeah. Why, what, what? why am I showing you yeah, that? Because I think the world's gone mad. All right. That's donuts. Chicken breast they're, they're, donuts. They're actually, they've donuts in the shape of, um, they've chicken in the shape of a donut. Right, close your ears for a moment now, will you? Yeah. They look absolutely <laughs> delicious. I'm going to kill him before the programme's over. They look absolutely delicious. Isn't that the biggest yeah, bucket of rubbish that you've ever seen? Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. Where, where do you, where can I buy them? We'll go back to the competition. Okay, so it's like chicken base, sort of in a donut. Yeah, like kids having to hope. I know, it's they terrible. having to hope. But anyway, yeah, he terrible. says tongue and cheek. Since I'm writing it down straight away. <laughs> so tell me about this fantastic competition. Okay, so this is literally for our birthday. So mm-hmm. to give a little back, we are, a year, year is down, we're into, heading into year two. So just because Tip FM has been so wonderful to us and the Tip FM listeners have been so wonderful to us, literally. And I meant to say thank you last week and I was gone out the door before I did, but every single person that has come through the clinic, we literally bow down to you and say thanks so much because whatever we give you, you give us more back. Very so good. this competition is literally a consultation with one of our doctors is €150, Euros, an aesthetic consultation, mm. okay? So we've blocked out the day of the 25th of October. So for any one of the Tip of M listeners that books in just for today, they can do a free consultation for an hour with our aesthetic doctor. For an hour? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But they've got to book in today, okay? And it did, the day that's open for them is the 25th of October. Right. From 8 in the morning until 9 at night. And they're not under any other obligation or anything? Nothing like at all. Nothing they can come in and talk to the doctor and just go away afterwards. But if they have anything in their head that they'd like to get done or they might like a treatment or they just want some more information about it, we're just opening the doors to them for that day to say, listen, come and do your consultation and talk to the doctor and right. see. Okay. Obviously, yeah. numbers will be limited uh, to... Well, it's the consultation day. So yes. there's literally, I think, 13 hours we're... we're, we're uh, allowing for that day. Okay. So that's 13 people. So the number to call is what? Is 052 yeah. 61 481. Just, just give me that again. Yeah, so it's 052 yes. 61 481. So maybe that's 4881. Okay, okay yeah. we, got, we got that. Emma will have that as well, by the way, if you if you missed it. All right, good to see you, Muriel, as always. Just, thanks very thanks much. And you said there were donuts <laughs> that were covered. Yeah. All right, thanks very much. We'll take a break back in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Now, we do have a winner of that €100 Euro voucher for Mr. Mr. Menswear, where they're having their clearance sale, of course, kicking off uh, today at Kilcorn Lodge Hotel. It runs right through 
until Monday. And uh, the winner of the 100 euro voucher is Andy Howard from Art Finn. And well done to you, Andy. And uh, spend it well in all of that, won't you?